Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of Saddest Night Out. My name is Roy, and I am the host of this daily podcast. It is Sunday, the 1st of November. It's a bit late to say pinch punch because it is about 10 minutes to 10 o'clock. Today, I, well, the day started with the fact that The Strokes played Saturday Night Live last night, as I mentioned earlier in the week. But, well, congratulations to everyone who can see videos of their performances on YouTube, because apparently I live in a place where such a dream is not possible, hence the title of today's episode. You can see all of the skits from the episode, or I can see all of the skits, I can see John Mulaney's opening monologue, but I can't see the Strokes actually play their songs. I imagine it's something to do with copyright and different territories and so on, but it's still a bit of a sad face situation. Ah, well, I of course have seen the bootleg versions, but it's not as good as seeing the actual thing, or like the high quality version, but it's still cool that they played. And they did look very cool doing so. What else happened today? I watched the episode of Bob's Burgers where Gene, Bob's son, does a musical version of Die Hard. And it's every bit as amazing as that sentence sounds. I don't know how this show gets the music so right. What I do know is that they have a lot of songs in this show. And the band The National has performed some of the songs from this show. I guess the voice for Bob and the singer from The National have kind of similar voices, so it makes sense for them to do it, but they really go above and beyond when they do the songs from Bob's Burgers, so much so that the singer from The National, whose name is Matthew Berninger, or Berninger, I can't quite remember which way you pronounce it, but he recently released a solo album, and I can't help but see Bob from Bob's Burgers every time I listen to the... Ah, oh, what's his name? <laughs> Matt. I forgot his name. I can't help but see Bob from Bob's Burgers every time I hear Matt Berninger's music because it just works so well. Bob's Burgers, man. It just gets better every episode. I posted, I finally posted the five-star reviews for the podcast that I talked about earlier in the week. Once again, those podcasts were The City, This City, hosted by Clara Ampho. 2020, a pop culture podcast hosted by Simran Hands and Tara Joshi. The View from the Crow's Nest, hosted by Romeo Crow. Pause at Play at the 1975 podcast, hosted by Josh, Matt and Dan. And Name Three Songs, hosted by Sarah Fagan and Jenna Million. I went all out with these reviews. I'm talking some real flower tree. Flower tree? Wow. Here I am trying to brag about my writing. And it's my speaking that's taking a tumble. I wrote some rather flowery, almost letters about each podcast, really going in depth about it. And now... I can't see them on Apple Podcasts where I posted them, so I don't know if it actually worked. And I didn't save them either. So if they didn't go through, however that works, then they are, I guess, forever lost to the ether, unless I can try and write them again. But I don't know. I went deep. It was some of my best stuff. I don't know if I can just recreate that, you know? There's some taps that once closed. I don't know if you can open them again. What else happened today? I discovered the work of one Daniel Pink. He is a writer whose main passions are persuasion and motivation. And I discovered him from an advert for his masterclass. If you're not aware, masterclass is a website where you can learn how to do something from an expert in that field. So you can learn how to make music or creativity from... Annie Clark, a.k.a. St. Vincent. You can learn cooking from Gordon Ramsay. And in this case, you can learn how all about persuasion and motivation from Daniel Pink. He has a really interesting idea behind 
persuading people to do things. The example that I saw him use is, if you were a father and you wanted to get your daughter to clean her room, you could say, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being absolutely ready and 1 being not ready at all, how ready are you to clean your room? And so if the room's really a mess, you can imagine they're not too keen to clean the room at all. So they might say, I'm a 2. And then what you say is, why didn't you pick a lower number? And the idea is that this imaginary daughter would give some reasons for why they are semi-ready to tidy the room, but not quite there. And thus they give you a roadmap for how to get them to a place where they would be willing to do so. The idea is that you want to get the person you're talking to to find it within themselves to want to do it. If they pick zero, on a scale of one to ten, let's say they picked one, you could ask what would it take to get you to a higher number? And then again, they are the ones who tell you what they need in order to achieve this goal. Rather than you dictating, hey, do this, or you know, dangling a carrot in front of them and saying, if you do this, then you'll get this. If you really, it's about framing the conversation so they are the ones who convince themselves or realize within themselves that they actually want to do it. It always reminds me of the movie Inception and the idea that in order to plant an idea in someone else's mind, you have to make them think that they came up with the idea themselves. It's the plot for the movie Inception, you know, dream within a dream. But it's also a fairly sensible tenet, another Christopher Nolan film, in general management, conversation, persuasion type situations. It's much easier if you convince the person you're talking to that it's not a battle of me versus you, but us versus the issue. We're on the same side here. And if you can get them to see within themselves that your goals are aligned, the way forward is a lot smoother. So it was an interesting thing to see. That's Daniel Pink. Do search him on YouTube if you want to know more. I've been listening to Molchat Doma all week. They were my song of the day. That page flipping you hear, by the way, is me flipping through my diary thing where I write notes for each episode. I should probably share a page of this online at some point so you can get a glimpse of what it is I try and go through to create each episode. Sometimes I write a full-on page, sometimes it's just... Actually, no, I, I pretty much get a bit in-depth with the notes. And then once I hit record, I tend to ignore half the stuff I wrote down until after I finished and I go, oh, I didn't mention X or Y or Z, hence yesterday's episode where I tried to pick up stuff that I forgot. But Molchat Doma, what day did I make them my song of the day? It was... Crikey, was it this week? It was Sunday. Yeah, who's this time last week? How about that? They are a Belarusian band, and they are re- they've got two albums on Spotify, neither of which has a title that's written in English, and none of the song titles are written in English either, which has given me an interesting idea, but more on that on a future episode. So I talked about The Strokes, I talked about Daniel Pink, I talked about Bob's Burgers, I talked about the five-star reviews I may or may not have left. I've talked about Molchat Doma, and what's left to talk about is essentially... not. I, in my mind, it's the headline item, but I've just realised that the headline of this episode is about the strokes. But it's the real headline item, and that's that I need to be more upfront and straightforward and honest with myself about the mission statement for this podcast and what it is I'm doing with it and what it is I want to do full stop. This podcast is it started out Well, there's a whole bunch of reasons why I started it. But at the root of it, the one overarching narrative, overarching narrative that I want this podcast to have 
is my pursuit for rock and roll stardom. As ridiculous as that sounds, I'm talking about the big bite, the big, the big names. You know, I'm talking about your Red Hot Chili Peppers, your Foo Fighters, Muse, Coldplay, U2. You know, I'm talking about Beyonce, Taylor Swift, Ed Sheeran, Drake, The Weeknd, Shakira. I'm talking about the high table of rock and roll. That is where my sights are squarely set. And this podcast is a daily chronicle of my pursuit of that. Because it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. And weirdly enough, the music itself isn't... the Well, it, it's the main focus because it's, it's your currency. But it's not my concern. I watch a lot of live performances on YouTube. I've spoken about it before on this podcast. And the more I watch, the more I just think I can't wait until I get to do that. To play to the biggest audience I can. I'm talking stadiums, headline slots at festivals. It it doesn't feel like such a pipe dream. I know on paper it is a pipe dream. Because that's one thing about this this field, this area. When it comes to the arts. If you wanted to be an architect or a teacher or a doctor. People would most likely say, okay, you, just, you need to study this course. And then study this course and do this training and get there. But if you say you want to be the biggest thing in music, you'll most likely be met with a bunch of eye rolls. I imagine some might be rolling their eyes as they listen to this now, because it's like, oof, I don't know, everybody wants that. It's, you know, it's, it's all about luck, you don't have a chance, maybe you should do something a bit more secure instead. But darn it, I'm going for it, you know? I, I, it doesn't feel like such an unachievable goal, at least from the music standpoint, the thing that makes it feel unachievable is actually putting in the work bit by bit, day by day. And that's what this podcast is about, trying to hold me accountable for putting in the work. Considering this is episode 255, and I, largely speaking, am exactly where I started. I've played some shows, I've made a lot of contacts, I've made a lot of friends, I'd like to think, had some really interesting conversations, but... I tend to fumble the ball once I get going. So in real terms, yes, I've got a whole bunch of interviews and episodes that I've recorded, but ultimately I'm pretty much where I started, which is that I'm working another job and thinking about, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I was doing this instead? So that's what this podcast is about. And I think I just needed, it's a new month. It's a new lockdown. <laughs> and I think I just needed a reminder of what it is that I'm trying to achieve. And one of the benefits, I hope, of listening to this is that in this weird purgatory of lockdowns that may or may not be never-ending, maybe you as the listener, first of all, I, I need your help with this because, you know, you don't get to the big time completely alone. You have to bring people along with you who think you're good enough to be worthy of such attention. I don't know where I'm going with this, but essentially I want whoever's listening to this to feel like they're part of it. And maybe you can get some sense of something actually being achieved. Because when I look at the news these days, it's easy to be overwhelmed with a sense of nothing's happening. No one seems to know what they're doing and we're just stuck in this never ending loop. And there's a lot of doom and gloom. But if there's some narrative where you see something being achieved, see some steps being taken, ladders being climbed, progress being made. It can feel a bit like there's a team that you can cheer on. I don't even know if team sports will continue, actually, in this new lockdown. 
I don't know if the Premiership or rugby or whatever other sports are being played will be brought to a halt again. So maybe I could be the surrogate for that, the substitute, the thing that you can cheer on and say, yay, they're actually getting somewhere. Look at them go. I was there back when he was recording podcasts into his phone while washing the dishes and coughing every 10 seconds. That's what I'd like to think this is. And I will tend to couch that ambition in humour to try and offset how vulnerable I feel about saying it out loud. But if I'm being honest, that has always been the dream. And the fact that I haven't been honest about it has definitely played a part in how long it's taken and how quick I am to be the one that sabotages my chances by just not seeing things through. So that's the focus right now. And I've realised as I was writing this down and thinking about it that what I'm saying sounds a lot like the theme tune of the TV show Pokemon which is why that is today's song. Because in a weird way, I guess, you could... Well, just listen to the song for the theme tune of Pokemon, and it's pretty much what I'm going through in some warped way in my head. Except instead of Pikachus and Raichus, well, there's no Raichu, Pikachu doesn't evolve, everyone knows that. Instead of Charmanders and Squirtles and Bulbasaur's, I have my songs. Boy, that sounded less cheesy in my head. But here we are now. And why not go all the way in? Instead of having Brock and Misty, I've got you folks who are listening to this podcast. Let's just let that land. Yep, just drink that in. (laughs) Anyway, join me on this journey to the top of the rock and roll pyramid. Also, I'd be curious if, find out in your opinion who holds that position currently because a lot of the names i've listed are all acts who have been around from five ten at least at least ten years i think who's the newest name of the ones i said is it is it ed sheeran because even he feels like he's been around at least 10 years now who's the most recent i don't know hold contender for the throne because that's what i'm going for i think the rock and roll throne is there for the taking, or the indie rock throne, or whatever throne is there for the taking, and I want to take it. But who holds it currently? Is it the 1975? Is it 21 Pilots? Is it Tame Impala? I I don't know, but I'd be curious to know what you think, or if you even care. Is Is that the real truth, that it doesn't matter anymore? It's a Drake, Justin Bieber, weekend world we're all living in. And acts that actually play guitars and just guitars. If you look for Red Hot Chili Peppers live at any of their shows, not any of their shows, their older shows, there's one at Slane Castle in 2003 where you see it's just four people on a stage entertaining, I want to say thousands? Suddenly, yeah, thousands. It is thousands. Entertaining thousands, and it's just the four of them to the point where if one of them hits the wrong note, or something goes wrong with your guitar, you notice it. There's no backing track or extra guitarist or anything like that to kind of cover up the sound and everything just goes smoothly. If you mess up, everyone hears it. Who is the last act to really reach the big time in that manner? Yeah, I'll leave you with that question. We're getting close to the 20-minute mark again. I swear, not all of my episodes will be this long. But thank you for listening to all 20-odd minutes of this. And do enjoy a trip down memory lane as you watch the Pokemon original theme tune on YouTube. You can find me online by searching for the word saddest night out. Feel f- Actually, no, don't leave me a five-star review yet. If you're going to leave one, 
leave it on at the end of this month, the 30th of November. If you feel like leaving a review, leave it then. I want to see if I can, how many reviews I can amass in one day. Otherwise, stay tuned to see if in three days' time I realise this was a huge mistake to put on a podcast and spend the whole time regretting it. Otherwise, thank you for listening. I hope you've had a good weekend. I hope you have a good week. And feel free to send me a voice note. The link is in the show notes. I'll catch you on the next one. I'll say it anyway. Pinch punch, first of the month. Take care.